Hey, good morning, guys. Skip here for our next episode of Funny Meaning. Uh, 4.20 a.m. Very early. <laughs> 4.22, to be exact. Uh, so, uh, trying to get my mind going, trying to wake up. Uh, hopefully, I'll uh, speak with some, I'll make some sense in what I say here. Uh, hard to do it at 4.30, talk about uh, deep stuff, but this is the time I have to do it. Uh, so thanks for listening. I want to talk about, <clears throat> well, I'll be honest with you, there there are several thoughts that I'm, I want to share. <clears throat> and I think that all of these sorts of ideas converge. So I want to talk about you know, us repressing who we really are. And the fact that fear is so prevalent in our life, in our culture. Uh, um, and I think those two things are not only closely related, but are in fact the same thing. That we aren't expressing our deepest authenticity. And the reason is, is we have uh, created a culture of fear. And so I want to try to bring that together this morning, because I think it's, I think it's important. Um, one of the things that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> One of the things that I did as a uh, pastor for 20 years, and even before that, as a uh, sort of pseudo-student counselor, which was my first intention in my college career, um, was that I dealt with people who were in abusive relationships um, both the abuser and the person being abused. And the theme that I noticed with uh, these relationships is that a big part of the relationship was fear. That fear was used uh, as a tool. Uh, the abuser controlled the person being abused through the fear of uh, physical violence, emotional violence, uh, economic instability, which is a form of violence, uh, that, that the abuser would find tools to abuse for their own purposes other people. And I, and I don't just mean in sort of, you know, domestic relationships, but I've seen this kind of thing in uh, business relationships. I, and I'll be honest with you, I think I've earned the right to be a little bit critical here. Uh, much of at least the denomination I was involved with when I was a clergy person uh, there was a lot of that sort of 
intimidating, shame-filled fear, control, that kind of thing that would go on in the hierarchy of, of the church. And I think it's because that's what we learn. That's we, we come into reality and we are so confused and frustrated. Um, we quickly learn as a child that sort of controlling other people or controlling the circumstances around us is, is something that we can do often through uh, abuse. I mean, look at uh, the bullies of the world. And probably, to be honest, we all do it to some degree. Uh, I remember there were some kids in in grade school back in the 70s when I went to grade school. They were just straight up mean. Uh, they would bully uh, and control and hound and tease people. And... Uh, Often those kids were abused at home. Uh, my point is this, that the use of fear and the abusiveness of that is not just a relationship problem in the sense of family or in the sense of, of a spouse or a girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, that it is a prevalent part of our society. Let me give you maybe an example that might uh, be eye-opening to you about abuse. And, and again, this is just my opinion, so, so hear me. Uh, I get up at 4 o'clock a.m. every day. Um, typically, right now, working six days a week, I turn on the TV and I sort of vacillate between awake and not awake. <laughs> and I turn on a uh, major news channel, a sort of background noise. And in between the time I get up at four and the time I start these podcasts, which are, you know, usually 4.20, 4.30, I will bet you that there are seven commercials, seven advertisements about pharmaceuticals. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, pharmaceuticals are an important part of how we take care of our body. Uh, often people need pharmaceuticals to, you know, um, keep themselves alive or, or keep themselves functioning. Uh, I have no problem with uh, people uh, using pharmaceuticals or chemicals correctly uh, to help their body, help their mind. But I can't help but wonder why there are so many pharmaceuticals shown, how many, so many pharmaceutical relationships, or sorry, advertisements shown. There, I made a little Freudian slip, maybe, 
because it is a sick relationship, right? It is people saying that you should be afraid of getting this disease. And not only should you be afraid, if you do get it, you should be afraid of the pharmaceutical that you're taking because of the disease. So it is an abusive relationship. It's an abusive way of being. It's a fear-mongering sort of way of, of, of getting people uh, to be afraid that they're not being taken care of enough by what the physician is prescribing. And I have often wondered why these pharmaceutical commercials are, are given to lay people well, because that's where people can instill fear. If pharmaceutical commercials were just given to doctors, uh, that would be one thing. But they're not. Turn on your TV and watch it for 30 minutes, and you will see commercial after commercial about medicine. Uh, again, medicine is necessary but why seven commercials in 30 minutes of television to make you afraid either afraid that you have the disease and you'll go to your doctor or that if you have an ailment that the medication you're taking isn't doing its job and the end result to, of that is that these pharmaceutical companies get very rich now that may sound sort of Cynical, but it's the truth. And it's not just pharmaceutical companies. That's just one example. I can point to uh, insurance. Look how many commercials there are for insurance. Uh, making you afraid that you won't have enough. Again, don't get me wrong. Uh, insurance is important. Car insurance, home insurance, health insurance... Uh, but we are just deluged. We are covered in <laughs> commercials about car insurance so that we believe that what we have isn't good enough. And it, it's that it's not good enough, or worse yet, you're not good enough, that is an abusive thing. It's a fear-mongering, fear-perpetuating thing. Uh, go to even a further extreme. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, everyone should be as healthy as they can, but think about all the um, advertisements that are given to us that promote, you know, fat-burning pills or exercise equipment or diets, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you put this all together in a cumulative way, every day we are bombarded with this idea that we're not good enough and the things that we have in our life aren't good enough. And we are just bombarded with that notion 
Now, I'm going to take you back to the beginning of the podcast. What did the abuser, how did the abusers make the abused people feel not good enough? The th- one of the themes I saw in any abusive relationship, in a marriage, in a business, uh, in a family, in church, was this, that you're not good enough. That's what people would say. The abuser would say to the abusee, you're not good enough. And we, we have created, folks, a false reality based in that notion. We have created economic systems, religious systems, educational systems that are based in the idea of you're not good enough. Now, one could say also within those things is the idea that you can be good enough, but the premise of that, the premise of you could be good enough or you can be good enough always begins with you aren't. And my contention is this, that you are. (laughs) You are good enough. Right where you're at this day, yeah, you may have changes you need to make. You may have changes around your health or economics, relationship changes, whatever it may be. But you're loved uh, and you're good enough right here, right now. And it is so sad to think that even something like religion tells us we're not good enough. Uh, If you want to really know why, I mean, the circumstances are complicated, but what really soured me on being a religious person, probably at the core of it, was that notion that religion, like every other um, relationship in this reality, is contingent on, is based on, is is based in that idea that you're not good enough. You're not good enough where you're at. You're not good enough, so you have to buy what someone else is offering. The realization I have had, and it it's it's a um, how do I want to say this? Cumulative thing. It's a, it's a. It wasn't a one-time epiphany, is what I'm trying to say. But where I have come to understand, uh, my spiritual understanding is this: that all of those things telling us you're not good enough, and I'm, I'm sitting here with the TV on mute, and here's another pharmaceutical commercial. All these things telling us that. We're sicker than we think, or we're more afraid than we realize, or we're not good enough. Here's a commercial about boat insurance, (laughs) car insurance, all of these things. uh, They are a false notion. They are a false reality. They are a false understanding of our own humanity. So to conclude... Uh, 
we have created, all of us, and we have been involved in it, a reality based on fear, on believing we're not good enough, others aren't good enough. We have perpetuated economic systems that perpetuate that. We have perpetuated and created religious systems that are based in that notion that you're not good enough and that you have to believe certain things to be good enough. Uh, We have created uh, academic systems that say that if you're a a C student, you're not as good as an A student, uh, when in fact, you know, for a person like me, uh, who's really dyslexic and dysnomic, a C is a hard thing to get. Uh, we have perpetuated this reality uh, that tells us that we're not good enough. And guess what? It's a false reality. So we have to come into a new reality. We have to come into a new understanding to the, I think, the original understanding of what it means to be human. And that is you are good enough. Uh, You are fine. Yeah, maybe you need to work on being a little more healthy. Maybe you need to quit eating that extra donut or smoking that extra cigarette or, or something. Uh, but you're, you're okay. Uh, if you need to get out of relationships that are abusive, get out of them. Uh, easier said than done, I realize, but uh, we can't let ourselves be oppressed by fear. That is the false reality. So, my friends, there you have it. Uh, I hope it's hopeful. Uh, the way out is kindness. The way out of, of these false realities we've created is love. And I hope that path for you and for our world. Take care, my friends. Bye-bye.